Hi friends, I'm Annie F. Downs. Let's read the Gospels. The Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the stories of Jesus Christ's life on earth, the friendships, the parables, the sacrifices, the meals, and the miracles. So each month we read all four books. We've finished Luke, we finished John, and now we are on to Mark. Make sure you subscribe today and join us as we read the book of Mark over the next, I don't know, seven or so days. It is a great week to jump into the book of Mark with us. Here's how this works. I'm going to read three chapters to you today. You can listen, read along in your Bible, or read on an app or online, and then I'll pray. And that's it. So today is April 16th, day 16, and I will be reading from Mark chapters 1 through 3. And this month, I'm reading from the message. Mark 1. The good news of Jesus Christ, the message, begins here, following to the letter, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Watch closely. I'm sending my preacher ahead of you. He'll make the road smooth for you. Thunder in the desert. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wild, preaching a baptism of life change that leads to forgiveness of sins. People thronged to him from Judea and Jerusalem and, as they confessed their sins, were baptized by him in the Jordan River into a changed life. John wore a camel hair habit, tied at the waist with a leather belt. He ate locusts and wild field honey. As he preached, he said, the real action comes next. The star in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will change your life. I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. His baptism, a holy baptism by the Holy Spirit, will change you from the inside out. At this time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's spirit, looking like a dove, come down on him. Along with the spirit, a voice, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. At once, this same spirit pushed Jesus out into the wild. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by Satan. Wild animals were his companions, and angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the message of God. Time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. Passing along the beach of Lake Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew net fishing. Fishing was their regular work. Jesus said to them, Come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions. They dropped their nets and followed. A dozen yards or so down the beach, he saw the brothers James and John, Zebedee's sons. They were in the boat, mending their fish nets. Right off, he made the same offer. Immediately, they left their father Zebedee, the boat, and the hired hands and followed. Then they entered Capernaum. When the Sabbath arrived, Jesus lost no time in getting to the meeting place. He spent the day there teaching. They were surprised at his teaching, so forthright, so confident, not quibbling and quoting like the religion scholars. Suddenly, while still in the meeting place, he was interrupted by a man who was deeply disturbed and yelling out, What business do you have here with us, Jesus? Nazarene, I know what you're up to. You're the Holy One of God, and you've come to destroy us. Jesus shut him up. Quiet, get out of him. The afflicting spirit threw the man into spasms, protesting loudly, and got out. Everyone there was spellbound, buzzing with curiosity. What's going on here? A new teaching that does what it says? He shuts up defiling demonic spirits and tells them to get lost. News of this traveled fast and was soon all over Galilee. Directly on leaving the meeting place, they came to Simon and Andrew's house, accompanied by James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed, burning up with fever. 
They told Jesus. He went to her, took her hand, and raised her up. No sooner had the fever left than she was up fixing dinner for them. That evening, after the sun was down, they brought sick and evil-afflicted people to him. The whole city lined up at his door. He cured their sick bodies and tormented spirits. Because the demons knew his true identity, he didn't let them say a word. While it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went out to a secluded spot and prayed. Simon and those with him went looking for him. They found him and said, everybody's looking for you. Jesus said, let's go to the rest of the villages so I can preach there also. This is why I've come. He went to their meeting places all through Galilee, preaching and throwing out the demons. A leper came to him, begging on his knees, if you want to, you can cleanse me. Deeply moved, Jesus put out his hand, touched him, and said, I want to be clean. Then and there the leprosy was gone, his skin smooth and healthy. Jesus dismissed him with strict orders, say nothing to anyone, take the offering for cleansing that Moses prescribed, and present yourself to the priest. This will validate your healing to the people. But as soon as the man was out of earshot, he told everyone he met what had happened, spreading the news all over town. So Jesus kept to out-of-the-way places, no longer able to move freely in and out of the city. But people found him and came from all over. Mark 2. After a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and word got around that he was back home. A crowd gathered, jamming the entrance so no one could get in or out. He was teaching the word. They brought a paraplegic to him, carried by four men. When they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic on his stretcher. Impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said to the paraplegic, Son, I forgive your sins. Some religion scholars sitting there started whispering among themselves, He can't talk that way. That's blasphemy. God and only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew right away what they were thinking and said, Why are you so skeptical? Which is simpler, to say to the paraplegic, I forgive your sins, or say, Get up, take your stretcher, and start walking? Well, just so it's clear that I'm the Son of Man and authorized to do either or both, he looked now at the paraplegic, Get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And the man did it, got up, grabbed his stretcher, and walked out with everyone there watching him. They rubbed their eyes, stunned, and then praised God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. Then Jesus went again to walk alongside the lake. Again, a crowd came to him, and he taught them. Strolling along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, at his work collecting taxes. Jesus said, Come along with me. He came. Later, Jesus and his disciples were at home having supper with a collection of disreputable guests. Unlikely as it seems, more than a few of them had become followers. The religion scholars and Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company and lit into his disciples. What kind of example is this, acting cozy with the misfits? Jesus, overhearing, shot back, Who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting the sin sick, not the spiritually fit. The disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees made a practice of fasting. Some people confronted Jesus. Why do the followers of John and the Pharisees take on the discipline of fasting, but your followers don't? Jesus said, when you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Later, you may need to pull in your belt, but not now. As long as the bride and groom are with you, you have a good time. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. He went on, no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match, and you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. One Sabbath day, he was walking through a field of ripe grain. 
As his disciples made a path, they pulled off heads of grain. The Pharisees told on them to Jesus, Look, your disciples are breaking Sabbath rules. Jesus said, Really? Haven't you ever read what David did when he was hungry, along with those who were with him? How he entered the sanctuary and ate fresh bread off the altar with the chief priest, Abiathar, right there watching, holy bread that no one but priests were allowed to eat, and handed it out to his companions. Then Jesus said, The Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. The Son of Man is no yes man to the Sabbath. He's in charge. Mark 3. Then he went back in the meeting place where he found a man with a crippled hand. The Pharisees had their eyes on Jesus to see if he would heal him, hoping to catch him in a Sabbath violation. He said to the man with the crippled hand, Stand here where we can see you. Then he spoke to the people. What kind of action suits the Sabbath best? Doing good or doing evil? Helping people or leaving them helpless? No one said a word. He looked them in the eye one after another, angry now, furious at their hard-nosed religion. He said to the man, hold out your hand. He held it out. It was as good as new. The Pharisees got out as fast as they could, sputtering about how they would join forces with Herod's followers and ruin him. Jesus went off with his disciples to the sea to get away. But a huge crowd from Galilee trailed after them. Also from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, across the Jordan, and across Tyre and Sidon. Swarms of people who had heard the reports and had come to see for themselves. He told his disciples to get a boat ready so he wouldn't be trampled by the crowd. He had healed many people, and now everyone who had something wrong was pushing and shoving to get near and touch him. Evil spirits, when they recognized him, fell down and cried out, You are the Son of God. But Jesus would have none of it. He shut them up, forbidding them to identify him in public. He climbed a mountain and invited those he wanted with him. They climbed together. He settled on twelve and designated them apostles. The plan was that they would be with him, and he would send them out to proclaim the word and give them authority to banish demons. These are the twelve. Simon, Jesus later named him Peter, meaning rock. James, son of Zebedee. John, brother of James. Jesus nicknamed the Zebedee brothers Boanerges, meaning sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus came home, and as usual, a crowd gathered, so many making demands on him that there wasn't even time to eat. His friends heard what was going on and went to rescue him, by force if necessary. They suspected he was believing his own press. The religion scholars from Jerusalem came down spreading rumors that he was working black magic, using devil tricks to impress them with spiritual power. Jesus confronted their slander with a story. Does it make sense to send a devil to catch a devil, to use Satan to get rid of Satan? A constantly squabbling family disintegrates. If Satan were fighting Satan, there soon wouldn't be any Satan left. Do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions unless you tie him up first? Tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. Listen to this carefully. I'm warning you. There's nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you persist in your slanders against God's Holy Spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives, sawing off the branch on which you're sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. He gave this warning because they were accusing him of being in league with evil. Just then his mother and brothers showed up. Standing outside, they relayed a message that they wanted a word with him. He was surrounded by the crowd when he was given the message, your mother and brothers and sisters are outside looking for you. Jesus responded, who do you think are my mother and brothers? Looking around, taking in everyone seated around him, he said, right here, right in front of you, my mother and my brothers. 
Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys God's will is my brother and sister and mother. That is Mark chapters 1 through 3 in the message. Let's pray together. Jesus, I like when you talk about the Sabbath. I like when you talk about resting. And I like when you remind us that um, the Sabbath is for us, that resting is good for us, and that we're meant to do good on our Sabbath. And so this week, God, would you would you really help us carve out some time to rest on our calendars, whatever that looks like in the family unit that we're in, with the people we live with, the relationships we're in. Would you teach us how to rest a little bit more this week in a way that— um, reminds us that Jesus taught us to rest and that Sabbath mattered to him too and give us good works to do while we're resting. We love you, Jesus. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.